January 18, 2020. Here's a lot from Pedro Show. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show. Uh, a man alone. We'll see Brother Matt on Wednesday. Uh, we had to abort this last Wednesday's show because bad internet connection between Pedro and New York City. So, Cot, we couldn't get more than two words of her uh, talking together, but maybe one day. It, but from London to, to talk about the, uh, poker tea and stuff like this, we got a. Uh, Spider Stacy, how you doing? Welcome aboard, I'm, Spider. I'm very well, thanks. Good to be here. Good to be talking to you. Yeah, we started the show with Nancy with the laughing face from John Coltrane, and the repeal of the licensing laws. Something live from the Pogues. Spider, can you tell me your earliest musical recollection? My earliest musical recollection is going to sound a bit. I don't know. I ha it's, it's the, this is the, this is the truth. So my earliest musical recollection is actually hearing "She Loves You" um, when I was about four years old or something. The Beatles. Yeah, um, it would have been on the radio. Um, we were living in Eastbourne, which is a town on the south coast of England, in Sussex, okay. um, and that's which is where I was born. And um, I guess my sister would have had the radio on and, um, and, and the Beatles came on. And, and that kind of like, I guess that stuck out. Not that I'm a particular Beatles fan, but um, that happens to be my earliest musical memory. Okay. Is it near uh, Bournemouth? It's near Brighton. Brighton, it's okay. Near Brighton. It's quite near Bournemouth, really, as the crow flies. It's not far, you know. I mean, yeah, well, I asked because I found out, like, Robert Fripp, Greg Lake, John Wett, and all these people were from Bournemouth. I spent a lot of time in Brighton. It's a big music town. Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I'm playing some speakers now that are made there called Bareface. They're great. Really light, great sound. You know, 40-pound box that gives you 1,200 watts. And when you're older, oh, yeah? Yeah, an older punk rocker, little light stuff that's loud is good. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. shouldn't say yeah. older. I should, I should say no. less younger. Yeah. Less young, yeah. So, uh, the the pad you grew up in, uh, were you, anybody in the family musicians? No, no, not at all. Actually, it's um, yeah, it just uh, just me. And what about well, what about listeners? Did they have records and stuff? Um, you know, I can't say that my uh, my parents were particularly. They they weren't really. I wouldn't say not into music, but they weren't like. They weren't like great listeners, do you know what I mean? They certainly didn't. I mean, we didn't have a record player until, again, uh, my sister, um, maybe, I mean, I heard my brother had got one. But um, as far as my recollection, it was my sister that had the record player, my sister that had the records. Um, I mean, obviously, my brother, my sister's eight years older than me. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, okay. So she could hit so, you to the, the happening music, okay. Yeah, my sister was kind of like um, she's she's gone now. Sadly, she died a couple of years ago. I'm sorry. Um, she was she was brilliant. Um, her name was Hazel. She lived actually just um, she she lived up in um, in in, in uh, Felton, just out near, near Felton, um, outside Santa Cruz. Oh, in California. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She um, she got married to an American guy in like uh, his name's Peter um, in '68, and um, and they were like married forever. And, you know, and, and, until she died, um, and um, and they when they what they did was they were kind of hippies and into all that sort of like you know going to Nepal and all that sort of thing. So when they went off, um, I think they went to Boston in about 1969 or 1970, and they just gave me this like uh, uh, 
maybe about a hundred LPs that was just like all these people that I had no fucking clue about being like <laughs> 11 years old or 12 years old at the time, you know, like back in the USA by the MC5. Oh and, yeah. That's a funny yeah, I mean, that, that was like one, you know, but there was loads, it was going from like that to like Laura Nairo to oh, yeah. like Bill Oaks to sort of like, you know, oh. Butterfield Blues Band and, Tim Buckley, The Stones, The Who, just the whole gamut, really. So she wasn't you know? really into genre. She just liked music. She just liked music, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's she beautiful. Yeah, yeah. What about the school? Did you do any music in school sometimes? No. We, that was, it's funny. I was, talking to a, um, I was talking to a guy just a couple of days ago and asked me the same question um, because he'd been talking to people from, um, from New Orleans. I think he'd been talking to, ah, oh, shit, now one of the, um, the Soul Rebels, one of the, one of the brass bands. Wow. And like they had obviously been telling him, you know how it, how it goes down in New Orleans, where like you know the um, despite the sort of best efforts of of, of the contrary wise people who would always try to screw things up for everybody, there's still like you know a, a, um, a kind of pretty thriving music education system in the schools there. Um, one of the things that we noticed when we when we moved to New Orleans was just like um, particularly like. You know, you'd hear these kids who could play like a, a pick up a, you know, sit behind a snare drum and just play it like, you know, like nine year old boys who are just like, I don't know, they sound like they've been playing it for years. And 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 but the school I went to, I don't went to like by other standards, probably like, you know, a, a pretty decent school like academically and whatever. But like as far as music was concerned, that was like, I we did, I think like when we were, I don't know, we did actually we were taught music, but it was like our physics teacher who was a bit of a sort of opera buff, would sort of like sort of stand by the piano and sort of sing bits of arias from I don't know what. <laughs> and, uh, sort of try to teach us to, I mean, really, like just to, to sort of like read music and stuff. And it was just like, <clears throat> there was nothing there to get your teeth into. There was, uh, there was really nothing to sort of make you interested unless you were a fan of like badly sung opera. <laughs> Well, I asked that very, because very increments as well. You know, I mean, like it wasn't even like he was like singing a whole fucking aria badly. It was just like the odd line here and there. So I don't, I don't even know how much of an opera buff he really was. <laughs> the Reader Digest version, but I, I, that's great <laughs> yeah, to hear but... about New Orleans because there's a lot of schools in the U.S. these days that are cutting out the music programs. Well, I think that's something that they they always try and do, you know, isn't it? That, that as soon as they discover that it's something that people actually enjoy and might be able to sort of do them, but doesn't actually sort of isn't immediately fucking um, weaponizable or whatever, um, they they want to get rid of it, you know, because yeah. they were, where is the profit here? Absolutely. Where are we make? Where where are, where is our money? Where's our cut? You know. Yeah, um, I, I can agree with that. Can you? So tell me I can't speak. I can't speak sort of too much for the for the schools in New Orleans because obviously I don't go to school in New Orleans, so um, I don't know how it is. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're doing the same things there as well, but it's just that in that place there is such such a uh, tradition. Sorry, stumbling over my words. Such a tradition that I mean, like, there are always people who are going to try and fight to keep it alive. Oh yeah, you know about yeah. Congo Square, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, huge live. tradition there. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what Spider, can you tell me the first record you bought yourself? The first record I bought myself. God, this gets worse and worse. Um, <laughs> the first single I bought myself was, um, I think, um, oh, my God. It was, it's the fucking Beatles again, but it wasn't actually by the Beatles. It's, it's, um, it was, 
No, no, tell a lie. I was going to say it was Obladi Oblada by the Marmalade. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's, it, it's, it's actually possible even worse than that. It was, I, was, I can only say in my defense, I was, I was about 10 or 11 at the time, and it was a song yeah. called Lily the Pink by a band called The Scaffold, and it was like a sort of novelty single. But the uh, Beatles connection, they were sort of like, um, they were like, uh, they're one of the guys in that band was, a, was, this, uh, was a poet, uh, Roger McGuff, and they also featured Mike, this guy who called himself Mike McGear, whose actual real name was Mike McCartney. He was Paul McCartney's brother. Ah. These, they, were, they were Liverpudlians, sort of like, um, you know, comics and poets and that sure, sort of thing. Sure, sure. Weird Al Yankovich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. You know. So, And then the first album that I bought, yeah. um, when I was about, again, about 11 or 12, uh, me and my friend Tony Ullman, um, we went to see Uriah Heep, Oh yeah, I saw them at the Imperial College in London, which is kind of like near the Albert Hall down by down in Knightsbridge, uh, by Hyde Park. And um, we went down there. We actually lied to get in because we were like they looked there. It was a student run thing, you know. And they looked at us like I say we were little kids, and they weren't going to let us in. Well, we told them some pathetic lie that we'd come from uh, somewhere outside London. I can't even remember where we said we'd come from. Just some real st- stupid dormitory town thinking that this would kind of like persuade them anyway they let us in and got to sort of I, first of all they put us in this room with all these speakers in it and i would never been to a gig before or anything and they're just playing this really loud rock music and i was like not wanting to say anything but just think we were the only people in there and i was like thinking is this it I don't want to say anything, you know, because I didn't want to be uncool. But anyway, they, I guess they were deciding whether or not we could actually go and see the band, because then they came in and said, oh, all right, you can, you know, come come with us. And so anyway, we, we watched Uriah Heap, and I fucking hated them. I thought they were awful. <laughs> and a little bit later on, I was um, I was in a I was in the record a local record store, and I think, but I think I was looking to buy XL on Main Street. Though I'm not sure if that matches up to the chronology, but stones. It was something like that, you know. It was something that had just come out. There was actually a kind of cool record. Like, they didn't have it. But they did have a copy of Uriah Heep's first album, which I just, <laughs> I bought. Like, it's like, oh, I'll have that. And even though I hated them. And then I kind of like, <laughs> I guess I have to confess, I kind of like got to quite like them a bit. Believe but, it or uh, not, yeah. believe it or not, Greg Ginn from Black Flag was into Uriah Heep. Was he? <laughs> well, there you go. You see? <laughs> I knew I was on the right track. <laughs> Look, I want to play a, a Pogue song here. Sally uh, Mac- McLean? Sally McLean. Okay, let's listen. Well, Jimmy Glide, I'm on again, the pub where I was born. He played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He sold the souls of cycles and the men who had the horn. And they all left very happy in the morning. But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours. Next and he had too many pairs So the sight to see the craving of the people that I'm leaving And he took the road for God knows in the morning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song that time's long gone Though we knew that we'd be seeing him again But I sad to say I must be on my way So buy me beer and whiskey cause I'm gone Sally McDonald I took the chairs and drank the beers and crawled back home and done And 
to say I must be on my way So buy me beer or whiskey Cause I'm going far away I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can To the greatest little boozer At a Sally McLennan When Jimmy came back home He was surprised that they were gone He asked me all the details Of the train that they went on Some people may have scared the cop But Jimmy drank until he choked Took the road for heaven in the morning
What the fuck? Guitar castle's gone. Where am I gonna stop to stoke my goofy boiler? A melody maker through a super jet. We all have high hopes, but hope hasn't happened yet, has it? Hot afternoon, digging around in a town not known for coffee. These are some peculiar grounds. Some things get messed up. Biting the good hands 
bopping beyond our facts The glass to an ear The ink of amnesia Artistic vibrations That's why you are That's why you are That's why you are That's why you For Peter, show we heard uh, Sally McClanahan. Sally McClanahan. McClanahan. Okay, sorry. McClanahan. 
Yeah, Macklin. Macklin. Sally Macklin. Sorry, sorry for fucking tearing your language up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm an asshole. I'll learn it one day. And then we had something with Fitted. We did a proj. Me and Bob Lee here did something with Graham and Matt from Wire. Matt, the new guy, and Graham from, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's just something we put together. They asked us to be part of a festival, and then we recorded some stuff for them, and they plowed stuff on top of it. And made an album. You, you know, you can do this these days. It's not yeah. all bad new days. There's some good stuff. Exactly. No, that's that's true. And this is what we should we should remind ourselves of. And, right. And, 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 and hold on to that. You know, just it's like not all bad. Yeah, because like like uh, for example, a knife. You can cut your chow with it, or you can stab your friend. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably better to do the farm the, the former rather than that, but. <laughs> Ah, friends, you know, Jesus, sometimes, whew, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, absolute. <laughs> Only <Yeah>. one solution. <laughs> Brand new from Vicious Fence. I have that dropout. That's Wasco in Cleveland. He came to SoCal here, played with some cats. Uh, 21 Vec out of uh, Skopje, Macedonia with Doma Sidoga. Brand new. Lorne, New York City. Oh. Emma's Das. God, I haven't heard that word in a long time. That's Peter. Simon Grab with the new kind. That's from England. Brand new. The Healers out of Illinois with the resin. We'll have to do. Dan Jones and the Squids from Kansas City with what? Uh, WTF is probably what the fuck. I don't know. Just a guess. Guided by Voices. <laughs> you know, he's making another album. Bob Pollard. Incredible. Uh, this was called Bellicose Starlin. He was uh, he played New Year's downtown L.A. here, a hundred gig, no hundred song gig. It was like almost five wow. hours. <laughs> That's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my buddy taking me to Emerson Lake and Palmer when we were teenagers, oh, no. and that was like three fucking hours. I can imagine. Oh no. That's fucking torture. Yeah. Like whole albums. No, I, I, like honestly, playing whole I, albums. I mean, I, okay, it's difficult from, a, it's different maybe from the band's point of view, but I think really, I mean, I know me, me and my wife Louise, we went, um, a, going back a few years now, but we went to see The Strokes at Shepherd's Bush Empire in London, and we just got there late. We got there for the encores, and it was great. No disrespect to the strokes, but it was just great. It was like 15 minutes. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I, I exactly know what you mean. When I first saw the Ramones, I couldn't believe it was at the Whiskey. And it oh. was a half hour. And it was like, oh, yeah, I like this. <laughs> albums. You know, and everything is tight and as good as it was on the records. It's just faster and louder. That's right. Yeah. That, perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. This stuff, it seems almost like filler, you know, it's just Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you do the thing like after school, you get with your buddies, you make a, a bedroom band, a basement band, a garage band, stuff like that? We did, yeah, we, we did. We used to, me and my mate um, Matt Jacobson and my other mate Matt Dugan, we made, um, we made guitars out of polystyrene. Whoa. <laughs> well, obviously unplayable, but you know, we cut them so they looked a bit like guitars. Now we just like bounce around Matt Jacobson's front room, uh, listening to um, listening to Free Live. Okay, Free, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, Humble Pie live at the Fillmore. Humble Pie, yeah, I saw so, them live yeah, at the Fillmore. Great album. That's still got Pete Frampton. Say again? That's still got Pete Frampton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was his band, and, like, Steve Marriott took it over. Speaking of oh, uh, you know, Dickens, 
I, I read somewhere that Steve Marriott actually played Oliver. Steve Marriott played the, I think, the Artful Dodger. Oh, okay. Would have been much more up his street anyway. <laughs> I, and I think I'm right there, but I mean, I might be wrong. He could have played Oliver, but Oliver's a bit of a wuss. Um, yeah, I know, I know, but the idea of him in, uh, in a musical. Like, you know, my, uh, that sort of, I know he, Steve Marriott looks like the Artful Dodger. Yeah, absolutely. And like see him in a kind of like battered but previously once fine sort of silk top hat and sort of like, I don't know, stolen finery. <laughs> Man, did he have a voice. A little guy, yeah. but what a voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. He could blow through. I think, uh, I, well, I think I read somewhere Robert Plant even admits to giving credit to Steve Marriott. I would say so, yeah. I mean, like, he's a, he's a, he was a really good singer. As was actually um, Paul Rogers, the singer in Free. Yeah, he's good uh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, we after we 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 listened um, just a not, just a few weeks ago. We were listening to "All Right Now" of Free Live, which is a great version. Sure. And I just like I just like started um, going through YouTube clips, and I found a couple of them doing doing "All Right Now." And uh, there's one at uh, some open air festival somewhere in England, and it's fucking scorching. Yeah. It really, really is. I love the, the bass man. Uh, really roar and just like, you know, they're really fucking going for it. They had a great bass man, Andy Frazier. Andy Frazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think he passed well, away I, here in California in Temecula a couple of years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't know. Great bass man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That little oh, lick he does at the end of All Right Now is so happening. Oh, that. Yeah, right. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. so did have, you? I'm gonna have to listen to that when we're done. You guys must have moved beyond polystyrene guitars. <laughs> well, we kind of. Well, we, yeah, we did. Um, though, I mean, we, that was uh, was that was the thing that sort of like later on down the line, and I'm going like a few, you know, three or four years later on down the line. Sure. Mutated into the Millwall Chainsaws and also this other band, the Russians. Who are actually the, the Russians are actually much more accomplished the, the, the accomplished than the chainsaws ever were. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think at one point the Russians actually had a manager and stuff like that, you know. Oh, whereas wow. the chain, we did like seven gigs in two years, you know. What was what was your first? I gig? Actually, look, we thought of the name and we've written actually we've actually got the lyrics to a couple of songs here. Do we really actually need to do any more than that? Can't we just can't we just like leave it at that? What, because what? this is kind of cool. Can I ask you but, what the first gig was like? Um, the first, well, actually, the first Chainsaws gig was, oh, man, we did it at Whitefield School, in, uh, which is a comprehensive school in Brent, near, near, where, I, um, near where we all grew up in London. Um, so kind of, it was, uh, it was kind of a sort of like quite a, quite a rough school. I didn't go to that school. I went to a nice school. Okay. But um, but um, few of my, few of my friends went there, and um, we were terrible. But we were, no, we weren't actually terrible. It was just like we were. That's that, that's a that's a value judgment. I, I couldn't. <laughs> no, we weren't terrible. But we didn't. We didn't really know what we were doing, but we kind of did at the same time. If you know what I mean. And the, the intent was there. That's what I'll say. The intent was there. Okay. And I think that a lot. I think that yeah, that counts for a, a big. I mean, were you scared? Very did in those days, you know, when you were like, okay, we're up here, we're doing something. Yeah, were you scared? No. Oh, great. 
Not then, but I tell you what, I did. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was scarier. It was a bit scarier, kind of doing the pokes because it was like you know when 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 that started because it was especially when I was actually first up on stage playing a tin whistle because I've never actually I never played a musical instrument until Shane said you know why don't you learn the, the tin whistle and um, so and that was just like that was just just sort of doing that in front of an audience was a bit sort of intimidating and it was actually worse when I had to do it in Ireland because like I was kind of vaguely or I had the idea. Sure, sure. Not entirely wrongly that everybody in the audience had like been playing the fucking instrument since they were four years old and was probably all, <laughs> probably all actually better than I was, and that they were all saying this not only to themselves but to each other. But I don't know if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like go <laughs> like, people would give me a pass because I'm English, you know. How could I be expected to understand how the tin whistle is meant to be played when I'm a Saxon? Like, like you were saying, uh, playing uh, snare drum in New Orleans in front of those uh, school kids. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I wasn't doing that. I, I wouldn't have done that. But I did try to accompany one of them on the whistle when he was playing the snare drum, and he was so good on the. Uh, he was just like he. he I, I couldn't catch up with him. Well, that shit happens. Living is learning. Look, we're at the end of the first hour of uh, January eighteen, twenty twenty. Special guest Spider Stacy, whole time for hour two. January 18, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. So red on my heart too 
was it that I became one when my mother bore only sons years later my father would rise giving reason to what lay inside how can a family be founded in fear facing forward the image is there bleeding from the country to the city and the street staining the people and persons in retreat so very certain by the sound of a voice without doubt or reason or choice my neck crane screaming in the moonlight forces faced that held me in place I can't say it not how or out loud it's just a feeling in my soul somehow waiting this long to build it people need to frame it It's not theirs anyhow The Empress of the Garden My world on return The mold of my learning Forces move inside our hearts a bird over a window rest assured with moving parts below allowing reason to become a right finding seasons to define the flight carefully crouching and cresting below the surface allowing water to glide against the back Pushing away from the reflective pool Making the choice to be no man's fool Submitting towards a rooted passage Veiled only by the clouds' teary drift The path seen and the world shown You finally realize you were never alone I can't say it, not how or out loud It's just the feeling in my soul somehow And waiting this long to build it People need to frame it It's not theirs anyhow The Empress of the Garden My world on return The mold of my learning Forces 
From Pedro Show, we started off the second hour with uh, Pogarty doing Tuesday morning something live. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Pogarty after we get through the Pogues because one led to the, another. Uh, can Can heads yeah. after that from uh, Finland with Gold Dust for Sale. Uh, Nicholas Mares with the Empress of the Garden. Alexand- uh, Alexander DeLarge out of Milano with Ballad of the Vampire Cowboy. Deutsch Ashram, Whisper Room. That's uh, AJ was on the show a couple weeks ago. And then Pogarty with D- Dark Streets and London Live. Um, let's talk about the Pogues. You were talking about Shane got you into the tin whistle. How did you meet Shane? Yeah. You guys didn't grow up, did you? No, 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 no. I've, the first time I met Shane was um, at, a, at a Ramones gig in, uh, in, at the Roundhouse in Chalk Farm in London. Uh, I knew who he was because he he um, he he was a sort of you know he was on the scene he was a face. Okay. Uh, he, well, I was obviously I was I wasn't a face. <laughs> I mean, had a face, but wasn't one. Um, and uh, yeah, so he was he was I went for, I went for a piss and he was he was he had a fanzine which ran to like two issues. It was called Bondage and it was really really good. It was very um, it was very much it was like I think actually it was the best fanzine of all those fanzines that were around at that time in that sort of first wave of punk in uh, in, in london um it was quite dense and all and very sort of like very well put together in a very sort of crude anarchic kind of way you know deliberately crude and anarchic it, it really just had the whole flavor of it and it's all real sort of ripped and torn stuff you know staples and xerox and and all the rest of it and um, these guys were just asking when he was going to put the second issue out so he's standing in the urinal actually in the gutter of the urinal saying <laughs> well he's planning on doing it in a in a month or so, and um, I was like, "Oh, that's a shame, go, oh, you know." And then um, 
I didn't actually, sorry, I didn't actually meet him then. That's why I kind of like, that was the first time I was, I was in sort of proximity to him. And a little bit after that, at, the, at that show, I'd gone out for a breath of fresh air and, and he sort of came out behind me and he went, are you enjoying yourself? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And, off he went and so I followed him. And then I didn't, you know, really sort of uh, meet him again until um, about, I think it was 90, early, early, early 1979. Um, he was living in the street. He was living in a squat in Burton Street in Bloomsbury in central London. And um, my friend Matt Jacobson, he, my friend Matt Jacobson's older, two older brothers had moved into the same street and they were followed by a bunch of people from my area, um, all, all friends of mine. So I started going down there and I eventually moved in there as well. And, and Shane was living, as I say, in um, in that street. So we all got to, we all got to know each other. And then the band? And so that was when, you know, the Nips, um, that was, I think at that point, if it, if it wasn't quite at that point, uh, it was very shortly afterwards that James Furley started playing guitar in the Nips. Jem Finer was living in, um, in Burton Street. Andrew Rankin was, though we didn't know him until a, a little bit later on, but he was living very nearby, um, you know, um, this old sort of like, um, in London they have these things called, um, they had this thing called the Peabody Trust, and they used to go around putting up, um, the, like basically where, where slums had been cleared at the sort of, at the, at the end of the sort of 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, they would sort of put up like, how the, these like big sort of tenements for for the people who had lived in the slums they would give them like, much nicer sort of flats and everything to live in yeah. they're actually decent decent buildings you know decent um you know well put together and everything big sort of like things with courtyards tenements like i say with like flats arranged along balconies and stuff but you know what a block of flats looks like <laughs> um and um yeah sorry he was andrew was, there was a big load of these called the hillview estate um, in King's Cross, which is the adjacent neighbourhood, and, and Andrew was living there. So, and um, everyone sort of like gravitated. Uh, Cot turned up actually by Shane was working in a record shop in, in the West End, and she sort of went and found him in there because she was a Nips fan. So, there were, Shane already had a band called the Nips, and that kind of developed. Yeah, in, that, and that developed um, into the, the Pogues. Well, the Nips split up. The, the Nips were, they were originally called the Nippler Raptors and they <laughs> had to shorten their name. So a bit like Pog Mahone shortened to the Pogues yeah, as well. Right. Um, um, and the, the Nips were a really good band um, and actually had quite a, quite a following in London. I've but heard, I've heard a seven inch. I think they put out a seven yeah, inch. Yeah. They put out, they put out um, four, four or five actually and, oh, a, wow. and an album. Okay. And, okay. um, and, you know, you could see then that, Sh you know, Shane could clearly write songs, though, I mean, like, we didn't, I don't think anybody sort of had any idea of what was, what he was about to, to do, you know, or what he was about to reveal. Um, and I think he'd been sort of like, yeah, the nips spit up as the way that bands do, and it's just like, wasn't really sort of happening. And, you know, one thing leads to another and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think they never, they, it was difficult for us to sort of like get a settled lineup and it's just, you know, the way things go. Um, just the natural sort of tensions of, of, of band life and sort of pull things every, you know, yeah, around in a certain way or in a, again in another way. It's something um, about human beings, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's listen to some music. <laughs> Thank you. 
lähtee tekevät miehi sanotaan.
Spider, explain. You mean, okay, the nips fall apart, and then all of a sudden you meet this guy. You meet this guy at this club that's kind of glam, proto punk, and and you got you guys have already put together the project, or you or you you, you well, tell them basically um, no, Ollie and Shane that night, okay. or Ollie, in fact. Um, I don't know if Shane had been talking to Ollie just prior to this about like something about Irish rebel songs, but Ollie just took as this is Shane's telling of the story. Ollie took a, took it upon himself to inform Richard Strange that him and Shane had a band that played Irish rebel songs and that they were going to be playing at Richard Strange's venue in two weeks' time. Or maybe actually, no, this is what it was, that weekend. And Richard Strange says, make it in two weeks. And yeah. Um, and and, and then so how, how did you get So, so Ollie was the drummer in the Chainsaws and basically um, he just said, well, we've got to do this with Shane now. So the, it was the Chainsaws. It was me, Ollie and Matt. Jacobson, who was we, the Chasers were only ever a three piece in terms of a second lineup. Okay, um, it was me on vocals, Matt on bass, and Ollie on drums. We never had our own guitarist. So Shane used to play guitar okay. for us when he when, when he when he could, or we'd have um, uh, you know anybody that was around who could play the guitar. But our songs didn't require much instruction. <laughs> So, so what you're telling me is like the chainsaws just brought Shane aboard, and that became the Pogues. Well, in a sense, no, that wasn't. See, that wasn't the Pogues. And we called oh, ourselves. Oh, okay. We called ourselves the New Republicans because we were playing this. Oh, New, New Republicans, <laughs> and we were doing these rebel songs. Oh, oh yeah, Irish Republic. The okay. hell out of some Americans. Okay. Um, but um, an Irish Republican is a totally different thing to an yeah, American. Yeah, 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 right. right? It's it's really important that the two are not confused because yeah. it means something very, very, very different. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and how did that gig go over, Spider? Well, it was. I mean, actually, it was all right. I mean, there was a there was a bunch of um, British off-duty British soldiers there who were like apparently pelting the stage with French fries, which <laughs> I don't actually remember, but I've heard from enough people to, to assure me that it did happen. That I have to sort of take their word for it. Um, but it was kind of, as I say, though it was it was a complete shambles, really. But it was kind of fun. And Jem Finer was at that show, and he just like thought, yeah, you know, there's there's something here that there is actually something here that that could be we could do something here. We being, I don't know, really, or one could do something here, you know. And so, I guess what happened next really was that James spoke. To, was Jem and Shane were talking, and and they decided to sort of nothing really happened for another like eighteen months. This would have been in about maybe a year, should I say? Okay. This was sometime in eighty one. The first post show was in October or November of eighty two. Think October. Um, so in that interim period, Shane and Jen kind of took the sort of thing that we're done as the New Republicans, and they did a couple of like little things, just essentially busking. Not really busking, not actually busking. It wasn't, you know, what they weren't actually playing on the street, but like just kind of like running through a, a couple of like cover versions and stuff, and then. Um, there were these Irish girls who were putting on um, gigs at a place called the, the Water Rats. Sorry, Pindar of Wakefield. It's now called the Water Rats. Maybe it's changed its name back again. Pindar of Wakefield was an old pub on Grayson Road in King's Cross in London. And these girls, um, they had a night called Haywire, which they, they put on there. 
So um, they asked Shane if he wanted to do something, and so that is basically how the Pogues were Okay, born. that's the first gig. Look, we're at, yeah, the, yeah. End of, we're at the end of the second hour of January 18, 2020. This Peter Show, special guest Spider Stacy. Hold tight for hour three. January 18, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
boys get money. Yep. Take over yep. the game like we run it. We run, we run this shit. Run this shit. If you wanna know what I do, then you niggas need to stay tuned. If you want it, we love it. You know, we gotta get that money. We need it, we want it, we love it. You know, we gotta get that money. I'm the shit, and you already know that. I'm going hella crazy, no prosack. Breaking in the game, no no jack. Picture perfect, you can take a Kodak. 30 grand in cash, just to blow that. I'm ice cold, no heaters. The nigga that's gonna hit the same night that I meet. I hit the room to hit, no beepers. Horny, why wait? No sneakers. Fuck the room the beach, cause it's cheaper. Now, baby, I'm a gentleman of leisure. I ain't rapping, just a player popping peas through the speakers. Yeah, you wanna know how this shit go? Turn up your radio and just tune in to the couch. Yeah. You know them boys get money. Yep. Take over the game like we run it. You wanna know what I do? Niggas need to stay tuned. We keep on it, we love it. You know we gotta get that money. We need it, we want it, we love it. You know we gotta get that money. Panties and bras, menage H walls, the one dick I handles them all. I steering wheeler, D-back, Venezuela, America's most wanted in that pussy when I kill them. Excuse my French, excuse me, miss. I'ma get you hot, I hope you're cool with this. <laughs> yeah, it's religious. Just getting money shit, I can mix the pleasure with the business. All across the globe, besides the weather, no difference. From rags to riches, get money, fuck bitches. In a dark room, I can shine bright, kinda like a flashlight. Batteries don't run low, I can do this all night. It's do or die like a dog fight. I'ma teach you boys how to ball right. It's fundamentals, out of bounds, double dribbles. Just some old drugs and instrumentals. You know them boys get money, yep. take over the game like we run it. We run this shit. You wanna know what I do? Niggas need to stay tuned. If we want it, we love it. You know we gotta get that money. We need it, we want it, we love it. You know we gotta get that money.
For Pedro Show, start our third hour with uh, Pogues doing Body of an American, then Crane and Garrett with Wasted Space Encore. Uh, J writes with Get the Money. Man, I got this. See, the guy in the intersection at a red light comes up, you know. You want this CD? So I took it. Yeah. So yeah. Troposphere 7 with uh, C, Deep Water, Socos. Zobodrome after that, Bullet Factory, Mod Vigil, they're Australian, Raven's Claw, and finally Pogarty with London Colony. I think it's a Clash cover. Uh, so Shane gets you, well, when they bring this together at the Water Rats, or at one time known as Water Rats, <laughs> uh, 
Pinar uh, Wakefield. That yeah, Pinar Wakefield. That's yeah. And he brings you to the band, but you, this time you're not the lead singer. You're the penny. Uh, well, the, the original there was that me and Shane were going to share vocal duties. But okay. at that time, I didn't really know. I didn't really know how to sing. I discovered later that, and I think this, I believe this to be true. I think a lot more people can sing than 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 than, than realize. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I think singing is, is is so much. So much of it is just down to having the confidence to just open your mouth and let rip. Yeah. Uh, I in those days I had a tendency. I know. I I, I know this because I can actually. I can rem- I can feel it now, you know. I could but I'd, I'd get all sort of tight up and tense, and I would no air could escape. And I'd be sort of trying to sing, it would be like that, which is not ideal. Um, <laughs> no. But so Shane said, "Well, you know, have a go at the whistle," and um, which is like a, a, a straightforward enough instrument to sort of pick up and and um, and I pick out, you know, play a tune on. Sure. Uh, it's it's very it is very straightforward, but I mean, like it's it can be. It, you know, you can hear play, people playing the whistle and they're absolute virtuosos, you know. So there's and there's that whole, that particularly like if you're looking at the Irish repertoire, if you like, um, there's some tunes there that are like, you know, you think, has this guy, how many hands has this guy got? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you, you were learning as you were doing, right? You guys are doing gigs as you're learning this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of true for, for everyone. But, sure, um, absolutely. That uh, was particularly true for me because... You know, I mean, like James was like, learning the accordion, but James could at least sort of play the piano a bit. And um, like Jem, well, actually, Jem, in, in in fair play to Jem, Jem was playing the banjo. Um, he could already play the guitar, but he hadn't actually been playing the, the guitar all that long at that point. So, you know, there was, yeah, it was, um, it, it, there was, a, it was a learning curve. But it's, I think it's a good way to do it when you kind of have to, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, especially you're developing your own style and stuff. Well, that's 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 very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then the, the Pogues, we sort of. Um, well, it's. I think this also happens to a lot of bands. We never really, we never really, um, really got our shit together until we got Andrew. Until we got the. Until we got a proper drummer. Um, the first guy we had was this guy John Hasler, who was the at one point one time had been the manager of Madness before Madness <laughs> got big. Um, and was and who had got this is a funny story, or I think it is, um, had got married to Shan Bradley, who was the bass player in the Nips, who had previously been Shane's girlfriend. So, and Shane kind of really didn't like this guy, and I was kind of surprised to see him playing drums. And I figured out later on that he'd only got him in the band in the first place, so he could sack him later on because <laughs> he knew he was a very good drummer. <laughs> a little drama, a little drama. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so um, but we we sort of like um, John left, and we tried a couple of other guys. It didn't work out, and then um, um, we knew Andrew. It was a kind of through a, Andrew was like a friend of a friend, and Andrew came along, and that was that was it. Oh yeah, this is this. Is, here we go, you know. It's it's you know when when you get when, when you get the people who who need to be in the band when they're there then it's uh, that's actually really exciting. You know, I, l- let me but tell he, you about me first hearing the Pogues. It was really Im- important because this idea over here, Southern California, somehow punk was a style of music, and I never thought that from from my understanding it was always a state of mind. And why couldn't it be? Uh, 
New Republicans, you know, Irish yeah. uh, rebel songs. Why does it have to be so many beats per minute and cer- certain kind of haircut and clothes? Well, that's so limiting, so limiting. It's, that's the antithesis of, what it, of what's it about. You know, regulation. Yeah. Here regulation punk haircut. These are your regulation chords. <laughs> These are your regulation instruments. <laughs> this is your regulation club. You can't play that club. You can play this, you know, fuck that. <laughs> no, 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 no. So that was a righteous thing because, you know, I don't know. When I heard the post, it was, yeah, of course, of course. And it was just beautiful. And then the whole idea of rebel songs because, you know, and the Chumbawamba guys turned me on. There's the England ones too. Uh, You know, we don't really have knowledge of that stuff. We think it's all the king and the queen and always been together that way. But there's a whole tradition of rebel songs over there. Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah, yeah. But but for me it was is kind of new. So I thank you guys much. I'm, I'm going to play. Uh, what's it? Planksty Hill, an instrumental. Noel Hill, Planksty Noel Hill. Okay. Uh, briefly, uh, Noel Hill was a concertina player in uh, in the Chieftains. Um, oh yeah, and, big Irish band. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Noel Hill. This isn't it. Does isn't doesn't apply to the rest of the Chieftains. But Noel Hill really took against us. Um, he thought that we were just bastardizing the whole tradition and that we couldn't, that we didn't know what we were doing, that half of us were English and couldn't even play the fucking instruments and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was the sort of like very sort of standard, like stick in the mud old traditionalist approach sure. as they sometimes come out with. And so a Planksty is like a song that would be like maybe written in a tune, perhaps, would have been written in tribute to a to a, like a prince or a chieftain, you know, something like that, a nobleman. And so Jen wrote this. He, we had this big run-in with Noel Hill on a on a, a radio phone-in. Um, uh, sorry, a, uh, not a radio phone-in. Like a, there was a live audience and a, a people sitting at a table and for a radio show, BP Fallon's radio show, and it was just like it ended up in a big fucking row with Noel Hill, uh, and I think Cot called him a pig. Or somebody, or he, somebody else called Cotterpig on his behalf and told them to fuck off. And it was all... So, yeah, so we wrote this. Uh, we, wrote this we use that word for policemen here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
If I told you who I am, would it hurt you? If I run as fast as I can, would you stay? I've been around the world so many times, but I'm still lonely. If I was a thief, I would steal you away. Take a chance with me tonight. Open up your heart and let me reach inside. There's nothing you could say that'll change my mind. Your broken heart will mend with a little time. I understand it's hard, but don't be afraid. Waiting for you sounds like such a cliche. Take a chance with me tonight. Open up your heart. And let me reach inside. Take a chance with me tonight. It doesn't matter where we go. What's inside of you's inside of me. What's inside of you's inside of me? Inside of me, inside of me Is where you'll always be Miss the way you walked around Walked on my heart I feel so strange standing here Talking to myself I know if I turn around I only got one chance with you To save me What I had with you, baby
Christmas lights are like gems for trees. Makes a nice holiday for you and me. Christmas lights are like gems for trees. Makes a nice holiday for. Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Christmas lights are like gems for trees. Makes a nice holiday for. Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Are like gems for trees. Makes a nice holiday for you and me.
Wife Peter, show last music for this edition. Uh, Planks to Hill, Pogues, Moe Doman from Baltimore with Every Man a Minotaur after that. Mark Solario, Reach, M.B. Jones out of Pusan, Jails Trees. He had another version. Then finally, Brown Pair of Ice from Pogues. So, so, so you got to tell me about Pogarty. Yes. It almost sounds uh, like John Fogarty, I think, of Creedence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That never occurred to me. But yeah, that's, uh, we can do something with that, I'm sure. Um, I saw the, the Lost by Ramblers at, um, at the One Eye Jackson New Orleans in about 2011. And Steve Zahn, the actor Steve Zahn, who was in Treme, had a party there and he got them to play. And they I, they just blew me away immediately. Like, from, like they, I think we walked in just as they were starting that song, those Carolina Blues, which is on their Live at the Gaza Gaza album, which is brilliant. And I just like it was absolutely fucking astonishing. And that was the first thought, the first like the flash of the big bang was like, oh, these guys are great. And then followed by immediately, God, it'd be fantastic if they did. Them doing pogue songs would be fantastic. And this was like I say, 2011, and I sort of sat on that for another four years. And then a kind of mutual friend, this guy Davis Rogan in New Orleans, I was talking to Louis Michaud and just like said something like, uh, oh yeah, I hear you're doing this thing with Spider, yeah. You know, so I think I'd be telling Davis about my great idea. And Louis was like, who's Spider? And so Davis kind of said, well, I thought you were doing this thing with that guy, Spider Stacy from the Pogues. And Louis was like, who are the Pogues? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, anyway, so that's how it all happened, really. Um, it's, it's, um, so that first show we did at um, One Eye Jackson in, in 2018, um, and it was brilliant. It, it went really, really well. It's just... Uh, um, yeah, and, and and here we are now. Um, we got caught on board. Um, I, we, we, when it was uh, Shane's 60th birthday um, in 2017, there was a they had a big sort of thing in Dublin on uh, in January 2018 um, at the National Concert Hall in Dublin, and a bunch of people there sort of playing, you know, his songs, and um, and Cut had been invited, was invited along, and um, uh, and I was as well, and. Um, I just thought, yeah, it would be it would be great having her having her playing bass with with, with poetry if she was into doing that, and she was, and she was in you know she's been based in New York, so it was so it was very handy in that respect. And, this, and uh, the, yeah, these three it's, songs that we've heard on the show, these live, it, it's going to be released as an album. Well, I mean, I'd I'd like that to happen. Um, um, I don't know if that album, if 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 those versions would be the ones that would be released. I haven't actually even heard of them. I think. Okay. <laughs> Should I, I think, say that? <laughs> well, well Louis, Louis flowed them to me. I think they were just mixed, right? Just yeah, recently. I don't, yeah. I, yeah, so I wouldn't have done. But um, I have absolutely, I, I'm totally into the idea of, 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 of releasing something, recording something and releasing it with, with, with under the aegis of poetry. And what's, 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 what's the, the feel like playing with Cajun guys doing the, the rebel songs from Ireland? Oh, it's, you know, there's this, they've got this extraordinary sound. It's like, they have this kind of, um, they have this kind of real sort of like sonic boom element to it. And there's kind of whole, like, like swamp psychedelia touch that's just, um, they lend, there's this kind of, they lend a kind of magic to it. It's like being pressed through a Cajun moolily boom. 
Yeah, the Lost by uh, you know his band. I've had him on the show a couple times, and I, I love it. It's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you then you kind of you, you know what they can do when they sort of like just switch the sounds on and and and, and let go. It's just it's something else. Yeah, and I know when I jacks too. I played there a lot. It's an old burlesque theater. French yeah, theater. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place. It really is. It's a very uh, singular, and it's. Uh, you know, I don't know, personality, feel. I, I love it. The people working there are, are, are bitching. Spider, yeah, it's, been, it's been a huge honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I, it's I been a real wait, pleasure. I can't wait till the it's Pogarty comes out. Who came up with the name Pogarty? <laughs> well, there was a Pogues EP called Pogatry in Motion. Oh, yeah, there. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Of course. So it was actually it was actually Louise said, yeah, we should call it Pogatry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, beautiful. I want you guys to keep on, keep it on. Uh, ship. I'll have you on the show again in the future, please. Absolutely. When you get over uh, back home to New Orleans. Okay. The other. Cheers, everyone. You take care. Okay. People, it's been uh, January 18, 2020, Dishwap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.